Today I'm going to talk about uh, the peace of God and specifically the leading of the Holy Spirit peace in your heart and following that. So Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, at the beginning of this last school year, I started looking for colleges, because I needed something to do after high school, and living in the basement and streaming Fortnite probably wasn't a good option. So, eventually I decided on George Fox, because I, I knew I was going to do some sort of engineering, and they have a really good engineering degree, and it's pretty close to home, which I, I really liked. Um, so I decided I was going to go to George Fox and study electrical engineering. And that was the plan. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it or how I was going to do any of that, but that's what I was going to do. And probably a couple months after I made that decision, I found out that there was also an honors program at George Fox. And it looked pretty cool, so I decided I would apply for it, and I got in and got a scholarship from it, and I took that as the leading of the Lord that I was supposed to do the honors program since I got the scholarship from it, and it was something I really wanted to do, and so that was the plan, go to George Fox, study electrical engineering, and be in the honors program, but uh, I should have listened to a couple people before making that decision. There were multiple professors and students that told me you do not want to do engineering and the honors program together. You barely want to do engineering and a part-time job, and I was going to do all three. And that was not a good choice, and I realized that. But I felt in my heart that I was still supposed to do the honors program, and I was, it was something that I really wanted to do and felt led to do. Um, but I needed an answer, so I started praying and talking to my parents, trying to figure out, what I was supposed to do, and I didn't really get an answer, and that was that was kind of disappointing because I needed I needed to know uh, what I was going to do in the next step of my life. So I decided to just take a day, and I went up to Morgan Lake, and I just prayed for most of the day. I fished a little bit too, but most of the day <laughs> I was praying and asking God uh, what to do about the honors program and engineering, and again. I didn't hear God say anything. He didn't put anything on my heart to whether to drop the honors program or to keep going. And that was pretty discouraging because I needed to know. And uh, so I kept praying. And a couple weeks later, we went to George Fox to sign up for classes. And it was kind of almost immediately I decided, I, I felt in my heart, I have to drop this honors program right now. I can't, I can't do all of this stuff. There's too much on my plate. And even though I'd gotten the scholarship from it, I would lose that if I dropped it. And I, I really wanted to do it and felt like God wanted me to do it too. Uh, I had felt like that for quite a while. And, but I, I realized that was not the right thing to do. So I went to the honors professors and told them, hey, I'm going to drop this program. I, I can't handle it all, and immediately I just felt relief and peace wash over me, and I knew 
I knew that I'd done the right thing. I knew that I'd done what God wanted me to do. And uh, so I just want to say that God doesn't always speak to you directly. You won't always hear words in your heart or have a thought or anything. You, But he'll still lead you in your heart if you've prayed and given to God and asked him for something. But you don't have an answer. Um, he will answer your prayers. You just... There's, there'll be a peace in your heart, a leading in your heart, and you just have to follow that. It's, he will direct your steps, but you have to take the step. So if, if you feel at peace about a decision or something you're supposed to do, and you've given it to God and prayed about it, then that's God's will. So you just take the step. You can't just sit around and wait for God to speak to you um, because nothing will happen unless you do something. So. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. So this is what Will is talking about, letting the peace of God be in charge in your heart, make the decisions, call the shots. So the English word peace on the next screen there comes from the Latin word pacem or pax, which is where we get the word pact. Because a pact is an agreement between two people, and peace in Latin, pacem, or means an agreement to end war, an absence of conflict. But in the Bible languages, in Greek and Hebrew, it means much more, peace means much more than just an absence of conflict. Eirene, in the Greek, in the New Testament, it means peaceful as in no conflict, but it carries an idea of prosperity, that my life is going well. I'm in a good place. That's to be at peace. And the Hebrew word in the Old Testament is shalom, and shalom is so rich. It is a fat word. There is so much to shalom. I, I could, you could preach for a month just to define shalom. But shalom in Hebrew in the Old Testament has the idea of wholeness, completeness, soundness, health, safety, prosperity. Nothing is lost. Absolutely nothing is necessary. I have everything I need. And it also has the idea of permanence, that, I, that shalom is the shalom of God, the peace of God that Israel was looking for is a permanent restoration of all things. Everything is whole, everything is healed, everything lost has been returned, nothing is broken or gone or necessary in any way. I have everything necessary. And that is, gets translated in the Old Testament into the English word peace. So it's much more than just I don't have any conflicts. It is wholeness, completeness, health and safety and prosperity. And Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And the word rule is brabeo in Greek, and it means to be an umpire. Let the shalom or the erene of God referee in your heart. Any decision you need to make we're talking about this summer through the summer how to hear from God how to know what God wants let the peace of God in your heart say foul ball nope don't go that way here's the boundary line stay in this stay on the field hello Colossians says let the peace of God the Irene or the shalom of God let where there is peace let that Govern or call the shots 
or referee in your heart. It can be translated to decide, to determine, to direct, control, or rule. But its primary meaning is an umpire or referee. Somebody who calls the foul balls. Strike, ball, safe, out. We're talking about hearing from God. The peace of God is one way that he directs our heart, like Will was talking about. I've talked to you earlier in the summer. We've had lots of one-off days and a really wonky schedule this summer, so it's been a while, but I'm still trying to stick to this hearing from God thing, and so I talked to you about hearing his voice and gave you lots of examples of that, and I talked to you about dreams and visions, and I talked to you about hearing God through your family, your honoring your father and mother, the traditions of our ancestors, and so on, and, and now I'm talking to you about hearing God through the peace of God in your heart. As Will said, a lot of times it isn't going to be uh, maybe a Bible verse or a word in your heart or a prophecy that somebody gives you. It will just be, eh, that doesn't feel right. Or this, makes, this decision makes me feel the peace of God. I, this, seems, this seems shalom. So, the peace of God rule in our heart. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, the verse that Will read. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. The feeling of anxiety is not a sin. But Jesus' command is, don't be anxious. Get rid of that. Arrive at faith. How do we arrive? In everything through prayer and supplication. Whatever you are anxious about, whatever you're nervous about, whatever you're worried about or scared about, ask God to fix the situation. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. It is not enough to beg God and whine to God and call it prayer. We have to pray with thanksgiving. Even the requests that we make, we thank Him for His answer. Thank Him for what you do have, even while you're asking for what you don't have. Okay? And even as you ask, thank Him for His answer. Jesus said in Luke, when you ask, believe you receive, and then you will receive. So thank Him as you are asking Him. Okay? With prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You can ask God for anything that you are anxious or nervous or worried or scared about. And what will God's answer be? The peace of God. You pray until you find the peace of God. Then you have arrived at his answer. You're asking God, God, I need to hear from you. I need direction. I need provision. I need an instruction on this decision. Or I need this money. I need this job. Whatever it is, God's answer is peace. Notice, the situation may not have changed. But the peace of God arrives and guards your heart. You want to hear from God? Then pray until you find peace and you have heard from God, whether you have heard an answer or not. This peace is the answer. Shalom comes. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. You may not still understand what is going on. You may still not understand how he's going to provide that money that you need. Or how he's going to fix this relationship that is so broken, I don't know how it could be repaired. 
or how he's going to bring healing or whatever it is that you're asking for. The peace of God surpasses all of our understanding. But it, that will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Some of you have anxious hearts. Others of you have anxious minds. But the peace of God, that wholeness, soundness, health, safety, prosperity, I lack nothing, nothing is broken, that peace of God will guard your heart and or your mind, whichever you need. Some of you need to claim that right now this morning. That's me. The peace of God guards my heart. The peace of God guards my mind. When I feel anxious, I'm taking that captive. Remember the verse, take every thought captive to Christ. Yes? So you want to hear from God? Sometimes he might give you a prophecy or a Bible verse as you're reading, or he may speak something in your heart, but maybe he will just answer with, here's my peace, stay in it. Okay? Uh, He will guard your heart and mind against anxiety, against fear or whatever it is that you're needing. Psalm 119, 165, great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Again, you want to ask God, and I need to hear you. What is the way you want me to go? In this decision or that, in this need or that, how do, I, how do you want me to go, God? Love his law and you will have peace and nothing, you won't go the wrong way. You won't stumble. Love God's commands and you will have peace. Great peace. And nothing will cause you to stumble. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 says, You will keep in perfect peace. Him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is steadfast. Our emotions can swing all over the place in the matter of hours. But if our mind is steadfastly on God and his will and his word, we can pull those things back in, no matter how we feel, and we can have peace peace. He will keep you in perfect peace. So if you don't experience perfect peace, there's the instruction. Keep your mind on him. He is the anchor of our soul. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, surely he took our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. The punishment that brought us peace. The punishment that brought us peace. He took it. We just sang it. Song Sarah led. The wrath of God was satisfied with Jesus on the cross. Another key to experiencing the peace of God is meditate on Jesus on the cross. But you meditate on Jesus' punishment, you will find peace. If you are feeling distant or rejected from God, meditate on Jesus on the cross, being rejected by God, and you will find yourself drawing near to him. 
There's another song that says, I'm accepted because you were condemned. If you meditate on his rejection and condemnation, you will find yourself experiencing the peace of acceptance. So the peace of God is to rule in our hearts. The peace of God is to guard our hearts and minds. One of the ways God leads us is like a magnet toward peace. New Testament says, seek peace and pursue it. So we have a part to play in this also, to find the peace of God and to pursue it. Because we all know life is not very peaceful. <laughs> John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus said, I give you my peace, my shalom. My erene is the Greek word he's using when he speaks here, but the Hebrew word is shalom. And I give that to you, now you don't let your heart go into fear. See, he has a part and we have a part, right? He is leading us, but we have to respond. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Your emotions can run, but you keep your mind and your heart on Jesus and the peace that he gives and you rein those things in. No, no, we're not going there today, feelings. We are not giving in to self-pity. We are not giving in to fear today. We're going to meditate on Jesus. Because I need peace today. I don't need stress. Jesus' name is the Prince of Peace. The ruler of peace. His kingdom is peace. But another verse says the God of peace will soon crush Satan. So, very specifically, the God of peace is doing the crushing. That's a violent word. He's, that's crushing the head of the serpent. So, peace, in the Bible definition, God's peace, does not mean absence of conflict. It is not pachem. Hello? God's peace is violent. God is a peacemaker not a peacekeeper. God's peace is active. It is forceful. So in English, because our word comes from Latin and the word peace specifically means no war, we think of having a peaceful life as one that has no conflict. And that is exactly the opposite of the Bible idea of peace. The Bible idea is we enforce peace as in defend the fatherless and the widow stand up for righteousness create conflict like jesus did with the pharisees to create peace jesus picked fights he did not avoid fights and call it peacefulness matthew 5 9 says blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of god if you really want to have God's heart, if you want to know God, if you want to be his child, you will be a peacemaker. Where there is sin or unrighteousness or injustice, you will speak up and you will act. Even at the cost of conflict. Because I am a peacemaker. I am not a peacekeeper. Peacekeepers 
will do anything to make sure there is no conflict. We don't want to upset the apple cart. We can't make mom mad. We can't have dad blow up. I can't, I can't offend my gay friend. I can't offend my family member who's an atheist. I can't. No, that's peacekeeping. And the cowards are first ones in hell. We are peacemakers. The God of peace will soon crush Satan. Do you see that in his crushing of Satan's head, he is creating peace? He's bringing peace. But to do it, I'm going to be violent. I'm going to be forceful. And we have the promises of what's coming and what's going to happen. That is the Prince of Peace returning with the sword to create a river of blood five feet deep and 180 miles long because I'm the Prince of Peace. Okay, Jesus. We're glad we're on your side. (laughs) I'm going to make peace. So the peace that I'm talking about that rules to rule in our heart is not a false peacekeeping. It's not some sort of conflict avoidance like we just let the uh, dysfunctions of our family continue because we don't want to address them. That's not peace. That's living in stress and fear. And having to walk on eggshells, that isn't shalom. It's not avoiding conflict or confrontation when it's godly. And it's not avoiding difficulty. There are some extremely painful decisions we have to make to stay in the peace of God. The peace of God will cost us dearly with people that we care about or want to love. You may have to break up with somebody. I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about dating. You may have to break up with somebody that you don't really want to. You might have to cut off an unhealthy relationship. You might have to pay a cost of severe inconvenience or making somebody very upset with you in order to be a peacemaker. So peace, the peace of God is not some fantasy permanent vacation where we have no responsibilities and no problems. You're just on the beach with your margarita. That's the world's fantasy of peace. We're going to run from our problems. We're going to run from our responsibilities. I don't want a job. I don't want kids. I don't want relationship. I just want to sit on the beach or I want to sit by the mountain stream or I want to be on the cruise ship or whatever it is that's your fantasy of a conflict-free life. That is actually, that idea is from hell. To think that avoiding conflict is peaceful. Because it's the exact opposite. It actually allows injustice and sin to continue. The peace of God that we are striving for is not what the Eastern religions would call tranquility. The Buddhists and the Hindus are seeking for tranquility, which is to detach from the world so that I don't have any responsibilities or relationships, I arrive at nirvana. That's not Christianity. Christianity is you enter the fire, you enter the conflict, you enter the fray, and your sword is bloody, and your mouth is speaking up, and you're going to get mistreated, but you're making peace for those who are mistreated, for those who are experiencing injustice, for those who are bound in sin. Amen, Mitch. Good preaching. 
John 16, 33, Jesus says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Do you know what he just got done saying? I'm going to die. I'm going to go away. You're not going to have me. All these terrible things are going to happen before I come back. You know, the whole earthquakes, wars, pestilences. I've told you all this so that you will have peace. (laughs) I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Thanks, Jesus. That really gives me peace. I don't know anybody that reads those scriptures about all the stuff that's going to happen before he returns and thinks, oh, that just relaxes me so much. Thank you, God. I have such peace, Jesus, that you told me about. Uh, all the, People are going to hate me and, and that I'm going to be persecuted and mistreated and lots of people are going to die and it's going to be really nasty. Jesus says, I've told you this, that you would have peace. He's the exact opposite of what we would expect. Every time, he's the exact opposite of what we would expect. I've told you this, that you would have peace. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. There it is. There's the proof. He's, the peace that we are seeking is supernatural kingdom of heaven, internal peace. It is not a peaceful situation. So when I say let the peace of God rule in your heart, in no way do I mean you're going to arrive at uh, Bahamas Beach tranquility. Or mountain, stream, and lake. I have no responsibilities and no needs and no screaming children and no bills. and No, no. In the midst of all of that, we have shalom inside. And it guards our heart. It is a layer. It is a shield between all that and what's inside. But I'm right in the middle of the fire with work and bills and family and stupid people and painful people and (laughs) troubles. In this world, you will have much trouble, but I told you that so you'd be peace. Thanks. I suppose most of you have read or heard and I have read and heard many stories of people in communist prisons and Nazi Holocaust camps and their faith is so peaceful. Men and women who are being treated horrendously. And yet they are so in love with Jesus and so at peace with their situation. You know, the hiding place. You know, Corrie Ten Boom's story that her sister was so gracious and full of love and peace. And she was not. She was angry, wanted to kill them all. (laughs) Her story, her books are uh, the movies. You know, that's that's her journey of forgiveness afterwards. But but her sister was in, in peace and graciousness while they're in a... Concentration camp. So this peace, the peace of God that is to rule in our heart, it is to call the shots, it is to guard our heart, it is not to guard our situation from trouble, but to guard us from fear, from unforgiveness, from anger. The peace of God is not an easy situation. Notice that the peace of God will rule in your heart, not in the world around you. And it's not uh, avoiding a commitment or a responsibility or a trouble. Well, I don't want to volunteer because that would just be more activity and more busyness and more trouble. Yeah, but that may be where the peace of God is because that's your ministry. Well, I, don't, I just don't want to get involved in that situation. It's just trauma and drama. But God may want you to step in the middle and make peace. And yes, it will be actually maybe more trouble for you 
But that false piece of, it's not my problem, I don't need to get involved, that's from hell. I'm too busy and the idea of serving more or giving more or doing more activity is, is stressful. That's a false piece. I don't want to face up to my responsibilities. I don't want to confront sin. I don't want to break this relationship off or I'm not going to do this or that because it scares me. If you're avoiding doing this or that because it scares you and you think that that's keeping your life at peace, it's actually keeping you in fear. Do you see that doing the things that scare you is the thing that's going to bring peace? Stepping into the thing that scares you that will cause you stress and anxiety and I don't know how to work this out and it's going to take it's going to stir up all this emotion in me and and this relationship and ah that is peace because you are facing the problem rather than letting it master you which is not shalom you're just you're you're just backing away from the problem and you're not making peace it's so backward <laughs> from all human logic and everything in the earth. God's, you will find peace on the other side of dealing with this situation. Of actually having that difficult conversation that you don't want to have. Or of actually, when you're already busy and tired, but God has a ministry for you to do, somebody for you to take care of, somebody for, for you to stand up for. Like, I, I don't need more on my plate, God. Yeah, but that's where the peace is. Mm-hmm. The peace of God that we are looking for is a clean conscience. I haven't used that word yet, but I'm t- I've been talking about this the whole time. That when you have a decision to make, should I go left or right, God? Which one leaves me with a clean conscience? Which one will I know that I obeyed God? This action or, or inaction, whatever God is telling you to do, Having a clean conscience is worth a lot of money, folks. There is, there is nothing worth violating our conscience for. Being able to sleep at night is a, a good thing. The peace of God is a clean conscience no matter what the situation is. So, do or don't do whatever it is that creates a clean conscience. Forgiveness. The peace of God is forgiveness. There's nobody I'm angry at. There's nobody I'm carrying bitterness toward I'm empty of any of any bad thing and that is shalom again it's not freedom from bills and responsibility it is freedom from bitterness the peace of god is perfect trust in god it's perfect trust no matter what the situation it's submission to the will of god a leadability god this This really stinks, but I don't know why, but for some reason I have peace. (laughs) Will to turn down his honors program, which he wanted to do anyway, but there was money involved. It makes no sense to turn down scholarship in a school that already costs $48,000 a year. But there's peace there. I'm submitted to the will of God. Let him lead, and he will provide. God never says, don't think. And don't analyze and don't plan, but we're not to follow our own minds to salvation. It it won't ever take us there. God's will usually is going to have something in it that doesn't make any sense. That is, in fact, the opposite of logic. 
And when we obey, we find out we're better off than if we'd done what we thought was right. It's, it's a perfect submission and leadability. It's contentment in my current situation rather than always wanting more. No, I have shalom now. I don't need any more. I don't need to buy anything more. I don't need to do anything more. I don't need to have anything more. I'm content. That's shalom. It's bold faith, the peace of faith that comes on us when we get rid of fear and we just decide to step forward. So when you, want to need, when you need to hear from God and you have a decision to make, when you're looking, God, I need this finances, I need this college decision, I need this dating decision, I need this whatever, life decision. God's word is seek peace and pursue it. Where is the peace of God? Let the peace of God be the umpire. If you start going over here and the, the spirit of God says, foul ball, <laughs> you've crossed the foul line, nope, nope, hit over here, oh, yeah, okay. Ah, I don't know how this is going to work, but it, it just, I feel peace about this one. I did not about this one over here. Yeah, because you're outside the foul line. You're out of bounds. Hello? So Kenneth Copeland, if you know him, you probably have an opinion about him, but uh, <laughs> what I'm about to give you is really, really good, good wisdom that I heard from him years ago. He said, if I have a decision and there's two options and or three, or whatever, and none of them is immoral. Okay, we can throw the immoral options right out the window, okay? But if I have equally moral decision uh, options in my decision, and I don't know what it is God wants me to do. He says what he would do is, I will just pick one. And with everything in me, mentally and emotionally, I will just say, okay, this is the way I'm going. But not do it yet, but just, just totally commit to this decision. And give it a day or two, and see if there's peace. This really works. I have done this a lot since I heard this. 15 years ago from him. I just totally give in to this one decision, not to take action yet, but just mentally, emotionally move, begin to move toward financially or relationally, whatever. This is, this is where I'm going to go and, and wait, sleep on it a night or two and, and see, is there peace here? Is this, does this, is this working or is it all of a sudden, once I take that step, like Will said, like, uh, wait a minute, how many of you have made a decision and afterwards you felt unpeace? Like, oh man, did I just screw up big time. How about do that before you actually take action? <laughs> just do it internally. Just like, okay, this is the way I'm going. And you wait on God and like, eh, I don't know. That, ah, two or three days later, like, I'm not sure that's right. And I'm not talking about giving in to fear or temptation to disobey. I'm just, just that the peace of God has been removed. About that. So, okay, we'll go back here, we'll go back to option B. All right, I'll just, okay, and I'm still not taking permanent financial action or relational action. I'm just deciding inside of me, I'm going to go this way. I'm giving myself over to this option and we'll wait on that a day or two and see what God, I'm not going to waffle back and forth. I'm not going to analyze. I'm not going to back. This is it. This is where I'm going. Okay, God, now, now what do I feel the next day? Okay, yeah, all right, that's it. And you move forward. The peace of God umpires your heart. Follow the peace of God. Follow where there's shalom. It will include a feeling. It's not just a feeling because you may be actually terrified. But you will have an intuition. You will have a gut feeling, to use a cruder word. You'll just know that it's right even though it hurts. In fact, it will usually be scary or costly or painful. We're not looking for a natural physical peace. We're not looking for God to reveal all the answers and, oh, now I can be at peace because now I understand. No, uh-uh, it ain't going to happen. It's just going to be a step of faith that inside the shalom of God 
manifests. Okay. Oh, I do not want to go. I don't really want to do this, but uh, it feels like I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to. I just know that's where the shalom of God is. Another way is, I told you, peace of God is a clear conscience. So, so if, if I hear something, get an idea in my head that I think might be God, or it might not be, it's not moral or immoral, it's just God says do this or that or don't do this that I thought I was planning on doing. The peace of God is where the clean conscience is. God tells me, I told you to use this example lots. God told me, give that man some money. And I instantly begin to analyze, is that God or is that me? I've told you before, who cares? You know, give the man 20 bucks, who cares? But the, the truth is, once I have had that thought, if I decide, oh, that's not God, and I walk away, I will always wonder. So if you have something you need to know, is this God or not, and is this right or not, and which way leads to the clean conscience? Even if you're still not sure, well, if you, if you ignored that leading, is it going to bother you? Then you better follow it. Your conscience... A clean conscience is, very, is peaceful. Go where the peace of God is. Don't worry about how God's going to pay for it or how it's all going to work out. Just follow the clean conscience. Follow the intuition or the gut feeling or something. So use a, sorry, that's a crude phrase, but it, it really is in our gut. It really is, actually. The, the Hebrew word for heart is bowels. <laughs> It's the core being. It's where our spirit lives, is inside our core. And you know, because you feel it, good and bad. You feel it there. So I think I'm supposed to do this. If I don't, will I have regret and guilty conscience? Then do it. Or I think I'm not supposed to do this, even though I really, really want to. If you go ahead and buy that thing, even though you, really, you know you really don't have the money to do it, I could stretch it and figure it out, but now you're not at peace because you've stretched it. You've gone over your budget, now you've got credit card or shortage or something hanging over you. That's not shalom. Say no to purchases you can't afford. I'm preaching that to myself. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace, always in every way. The Lord be with you all. Amen. Follow the peace. Let God's peace umpire in your heart. Let him guard your heart and your mind. Not with unattached tranquility, but with peace making peace. Amen? Amen. Confrontation of fears, confrontation of sin, confrontation that creates peace. Amen. God bless you all.